Yo, hello, lovely people. Um, Leavers link next date. Well, after the podcast, if you listen to this podcast before the 20th of November 2019, 18, then great. If not, this is not relevant anymore. <laughs> next Leavers link date is 20th of November uh, 2018. That is in Colchester on the Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. in the, what is it? What is that called? Oh, the, the, the officers club, the old, yeah, the officers club on the garrison. 6.30 p.m., free to attend a networking event divine, designed to link uh, service leavers with business people and knowledgeable people and people who can help you, a service leaver, or someone who's thinking about getting out to uh, get more information and aid you on your merry way into the transition from military life into city street. That is 20th of November, Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Excellent. You can follow them actually on, uh, well, just search for Leavers Link on, on all the social media. They're all over it, LinkedIn, everything. Easy peasy. Uh, this is the 30th show today being recorded. Uh, I would like to thank all of the sponsors existing and in the past who've enabled this to become a reality. I could, I'm really surprised you've got 30 shows so quickly. Actually, we did bang out some multiple shows in certain weeks. It's been amazing. Also, a big thank you to, um, my Patreon Patreon supporters um, who also help this every month, keeping it keeping it going and keeping me able to fund the uh, fund the podcast, which is superb. Find out more information about that at patreon.com forward slash hour. The uh, those guys actually get rewarded by getting access to the um, to the podcast twenty four hours early, at least twenty four hours early in some cases. So um moving on from that, those thank yous, please keep supporting us and thank you very much. As I said, sponsoring us today are the tis the disaster, the disaster, the disaster of a word, the disaster response charity, Team Rubicon UK. Team Rubicon's chiefly ex-military volunteers earned their spurs in hostile character testing environments today they deliver life-saving aid both at home or abroad every one of their gray shirt volunteers bring determination and hard-won experience to their humanitarian mission they are one team with a bias for action creating order in the wake of destruction right now team rubicon are delivering critical aid to the people of palu indonesia over 2,000 people I know have died in the recent earthquake and tsunami that you've all seen on the news. It's been everywhere and all, all the help those people need out there, which Team Rubicon are helping with. And many of those people are living in temporary camps. As monsoon season approaches, the risk of deadly diseases like cholera and malaria increases amongst the survivors. The most vulnerable are at highest risk. At least 460,000 children have been affected by the disaster, many of whom separated from their families. Team Rubicon are one of the very few international NGOs invited by the Indonesian authorities to provide support, but they can only stay in Indonesia as long as their funding allows. They need your help today. Following a devastating disaster, the people of Palau are in desperate need of water, food and shelter. A donation to Team Rubicon's fund could mean a difference between life and death for the people of Palau. Please find out more and donate through the website at teamrubiconuk.org forward slash donate. Team Rubicon believe that those who can make a difference must. Support in Team Rubicon guarantees that those facing the darkest hour receive the help they need to begin rebuilding their lives. Find out all about Team Rubicon and the support of the military and military transition in the UK at teamrubiconuk.org.
Also sponsoring us today are Westway Nissan, the largest Nissan dealership in the UK, offering up to 20% off their vehicles for members or former members of Her Majesty's Armed Forces. 20% is massive. They've got new and used vehicles for sale, private and commercial models. Everything from the Nissan Note to the stunning GTR. Westway Nissan, I've got branches all over the UK. They've even got one in Aldershot, the home of the British Army. I've personally been to one in Coventry, which is a beautiful branch. Not a branch, it's a dealership, Hugh. What are you talking about? You moron. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you're thinking about getting a new or used car, you can save yourself a ton of cash with Westway and their discount for ex-military. Get online and have a look at westwaynissan.co.uk. Or better yet, get your backside in one of their branches. Not a branch, it's a dealership. Get your backside in one <laughs> Get your backside in one of the dealerships and see the cars for yourself. Not only that, if you're ex-military and looking for work, Westway want to help get you a job. They can also recruit you if they have spaces, spaces, job opportunities, and they will recruit you if they can. Get onto them. They can provide you a job, hopefully. Failing that, advice. WestwayNissan.co.uk and WestwayNissan on social media. Our final sponsors today are Rugby for Heroes, a not-for-profit organisation founded by a group of keen rugby players designed to host various fundraising events to raise money for a range of armed forces charities, including 353, Healthy Heroes, the Royal British Legion and the Soldiers Charity. I was actually out on Saturday morning getting money in for the poppies, selling poppies with uh, several members of uh, Rugby for Heroes, which was absolutely fantastic. They uh, they pulled me into that, and this is the kind of support they want to give to um, give to the military. They they get amongst it all year round, not just when the popular appeals on. They formed in 2009, and they formed to commemorate the loss in action of Private Joe Whitaker for Para. They've raised over £100,000 for their benefit charity so far, and they want to keep raising much, much more. The founders are members of Old Lemontonians RFC and are massive supporters of forces and their families. Check them out on their website, rugbyforheroes.org, and their Facebook, Twitter, and Insta feeds, Rugby Number 4 Heroes. The next major event is the Rugby for Heroes Beer and Gin Festival to be held at the Old Lemontonians RFC on the weekend of the 10th to the 11th of May 2019. That's going to be an awesome event, so stick that in your calendars and get along there. I will see you there because I will. Definitely be going to that. Rugby for Heroes are really proud to be sponsoring the podcast. They see it as a way of continuing their program of support for veterans, serving members, and their families. So thank you very much to them. On to the podcast. H plus 30, 30 episodes, people. Ah, guest today, Dave Westwood. Dave has been a private investigator and surveillance operator for hmm, nigh on four years. Got his own company, All Seen Surveillance, and he's doing awesome things with it. He's ex-military, Grenadier Guard. We spoke about all manner of things. It's a really interesting industry to talk about. And he's a really interesting fellow, actually. He was not... I hadn't met him before. You know when you think... uh, You you picture someone in your head, what they look like, just based on the name. I picture him to be uh, my height uh, and slight... He's not. He's built like a brick shed house and he's six foot three. H plus 30, Dave Westwood. Enjoy. Are you, are you, you recording up there, aren't you? Fuck. 
go for it, but I forgot to plug my fucking mouse in. Amateur tonight. Uh, sorted. Right, um, Dave. Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. tell, tell me why. Uh, this happened the other show with Andy Torbert. We ended up talking about stuff off air, waffling, and then it's like, let's stop. Let's stop. record it. Just so, yeah, yeah, it's because it's quite amusing. Tell me why you got uh, kicked out of TA. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, they started doing the surveillance thing, and the the Int core operator sounded quite good as a as a little sideline to to push that to clients. But then I never went. <laughs> so after after about a year, they're like, "Are you coming?" And it was it's a difference between. £12 for a night at a TA getting told what to do by some civvy or going and working. Yeah, that surprised me they booted you. Well, it was, it was can you bring your kit back in? Because uh, we don't want you anymore. I was like, all right, thanks. Um, well, I, when I, um, <clears throat> I went to, um, when I got out, I think I went to do, in fact, it was on the advice of Nick, funny mm. enough. Was it, oh, did you do it off the back end, any advice yeah. of Nick? Or maybe Nick gave me the advice off the back of knowing you doing it. I went and got to join a TA. My newest units were, uh, why were they doing it? I think for fill some time, money, and yeah, made a ten ten pound, uh, ten pound, ten grand bounty as well. Oh, that's right, yeah. there's a ten grand bounty. <laughs> and I went across. One unit was six. One unit was med reg, right next to where I was living at the time. And I said, "God, God, I don't know if I can, you know, I couldn't stomach wearing anything but the the, mm. the, the reg cap." <laughs> well, I thought, grow up. <laughs> I went and did it. But when I got there, like on paper, they had. This is at the start of the retention, when it all started coming to light how bad the manning was mm. and how big the recruitment problems were. And on paper, they they were they were fully manned, and and because of that, they couldn't bring me up. They couldn't bring me med the med reg right. couldn't bring me in into it because they were fully manned. Mm. But like, the the the, uh, the sergeant major I was talking to, he's going it's shit. I said why is that? He said because we ain't fully manned. It's about half. About, we were about half man, right. but they they be they keep them people here f- on paper. Numbers, yeah. They just like in your case, they weren't cheering up, <laughs> yeah. but they just keeping them on. So you're saying we need people, but on paper we were full, and they don't the, the COs and all that in, on that side of things with the man. They didn't want to say yeah we, we're struggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all it's a numbers game. It's all, you know, numbers game. Keep them on, keep them on, keep them on. Anyway, it's not about me. It's about you. <laughs> <laughs> so I I uh, we've had some. Uh, Comms in the past, yeah, well, quite a, over quite a few years now. I brought my first set of radios off you. Was that you? <laughs> yeah. Are they still working? Uh, they've gone. They? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Actually, I think I think uh, Tony's got them back. TC's got them back. So I bought them from Tony, yeah. and you bought them back off me. And yeah. now Tony's got them brilliant. They were so, good yeah. radios. They were. Yeah. I like them. They were good radios. Well, for me, started off anyway. I never got um. You obviously a private investigation surveillance ninja. Um, and that's. You know, Nick and BT mm. certainly speak that way of you, which I'll, which is high praise. I suggest coming from them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Even now, you know, if, if you're going out with Nick, it's still you still get a bit twitchy. Oh, like, really? Yeah, it's still a little bit of like day one, week one. Did you train oh. with Nick? Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah mate, awesome. I didn't realize. Yeah. I didn't realize. So, so there we go. Then you have got your own uh, private investigation surveillance company. Yes. Yeah. How did you, um? How, how's that been? How's that been setting that up? Interesting. Um, it, and the the intention was never there. Um, I left the army as a prison officer. Then I left that, went out, did maritime security for a couple of years. My my boy was due to be born, so I came back to the UK. When I did the courses um, for for CP, intentionally went off, 
with the intention of doing CP, started an RST job. And when you're on the course, you, you do a bit of surveillance and you just kind of get an insight into it. And it just grew from there. And that, that was more interesting than stagging on. Um, yeah, surveillance is stagging on sometimes. Yeah, but... I I think... I used, it seems... I've never done it, right? And it seems glamorous to me, but I see the horror stories of you being in the back, in, being in the back of those vans. Yeah, but you know, you're in the back of the van, you're left to yourself... There's nobody, mm. there's, you know. You're not you're not working for for a boss who's got an attitude problem. Yeah, you know, you're, you're your own boss in the back of the van, yeah. doing doing your own thing. So the, the only only trouble you you have is the piss bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you serve when you were? Uh, Grand Diggers. Ah, okay. Uh, when did you get out? Two thousand and nine. When did you set up all seaman surveillance? Two thousand and fourteen. Ah, okay. So yeah. What so four I, I, years now? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was a prison officer for for three years. Um, Where were you a prison officer? Uh, Coldenly, which is in um, not too far from Purbright, and um, Hyder, which is in uh, uh, Banstead, uh, Croydon area. You're a London London, are you? Oh no, that's no, where you live in. I'm from from the Black Country originally. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just obviously joining the army at sixteen. Yeah, stayed down south because. All, all the all the roads lead to London. Did you join the AFC? Mm, yeah. I'd, I'd question for you. How did you? What's your opinion on? Um, just push that microphone a little bit away from you. Um, what's your opinion on? What do you think of joining at sixteen compared to eighteen in terms of the benefits of it? Joining younger and massive. Yeah. Um, you know, especially for guys from not so privileged areas up north. You you, you leave school, not too many options. If you're not great at school, you don't want to go into to college or further education, and that that two year difference can be life changing from 16 <coughs> to 18. Get getting in at 16, you, you've got the ability to start learning something and get a career, rather than putting it off two years and falling in with a run crowd or doing bits and pieces that you really shouldn't be doing. I, I think it's quite quite a big thing. Um, did it? Did you? So when you join at 16, it's like a year and a half, isn't it? In, in, in a, is it AFC? Yeah. So uh, at Harrogate, you do you did 12 months, um, which is all, all regiments combined. So you got, you've got all cat badges, then you have you you pass out, um, and then you, you go to Catrick, do your eight, it was eight eight weeks uh, in Catrick, and then you go to a regiment. Yeah, I remember when when I did uh, P Company. What was it? Yeah, P Company. We had the guy lads from AFC mm. come on. And join us, and they were they were, <coughs> they were different in that. Uh, and this is me thinking about when I was only fucking eighteen and only sixteen. They're different in that. Um, their knowledge of the military seemed to be much broader because they, they they'd had that that year um, of the, the all that, yeah all arms uh, training. Like they could rattle off all of the units in the British Army. Whereas, but we didn't know six section battle drills, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. honestly. <laughs> but first week, first week we turned up a Catrick, um, you know, DSY, right? Six section battle drills. So, oh, three, go, uh, and we we got hounded for a morning. How? Why isn't that? How? How is that missed on you? Well, it was just because you're you're you're. It's like your your first six weeks of training when you're you're becoming a soldier, and it's not trading. Uh, you're trade training, so everyone's treated the same, and you're just doing basic skills and drills. And then the, the DS from Harrogate came to have a have a chat and see how you were. Oh no, we don't teach that there. So oh, well, they, they know it now. <laughs> yeah, I, used to, I I do think I do think that um, <coughs> uh, Power pa- 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 Edge are lucky and um, Marines are lucky in that we have 
in our own depots, we have um, this power agent structures all, all the way through. Yeah, and same, same as obviously um, uh, guards at Saint Helly's Barracks. Oh, is it the same for Phase One as well? If if you don't go to Harrogate, yeah. Ah, I didn't realise yeah, that. Yeah, so ah. so you got Helly's Barracks, guards, yeah. paras, Gurkhas. Right. And then so everyone else up the I road, didn't aren't know they? That. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So I, I, everyone, I think, should have the same instructors yeah. as, as their unit going through because otherwise, otherwise, the, uh, an instructor who, who, well, I mean, let me go. AFC is maybe a, a good example of the way you expl- explain there. They, they have sort of, they've got less of an investment, uh, less interest in making sure you are like tip top soldier. Yeah. Um, because you're going to their unit, you may not be you're yeah. going to some other units. So I've always thought that. I always thought it was one of the things that sets a lot of units apart. Mm. Is that um, is that I, I never got the chance to go to depot as an instructor, but I know if I'd gone, you know, there's a risk that I I would have hated to have trained someone or a group of people, and, and maybe they're screwed, and then they come to the depot and they're a d- bag of crap. Yeah. And like, you know, it's like who's your screw? You you, you mess up when you get a battalion, yeah. If you mess up, who's your fucking screw in depot? And you go, uh, and he's I know, Corporal Keir. I think, oh, wow, was he really? <laughs> and then the next time, next time, whoever it is to see me, I get a right slagging. You get a right slagging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when when did you do P Company then? Uh, not P no, Company. No. When did you do your your eight weeks, six weeks um, with the guards? Uh, it would have been two thousand four. So I, I left school in July 2003, I guess. Started in September, and then a year later. Did you do any ceremonial? Yeah. What, hey, there. Yeah. Yeah, it, no, anyway, it wasn't for me. Is no, there, anyone, there, there, is there a, anyone that loves it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's hard, you know. They, they, you look at blokes and, yeah, drillers a pill, should be taken twice a day. And you're like, hey, come on. This is it, what? Drillers a pill, should be oh, taken yeah, twice a yeah, day. yeah. And, and yeah, there, there are guys that live for it, and they you know they, they make a career out of just staying in London for as long as they can. Really? Yeah, yeah. Goodness me! Yeah, ninjas. The only thing that puts me off is the well, no, everything puts me off actually. No, London would be good. Just being in London would be good in the last. It, it is on the first day of payday, and then the rest of it you skip. <laughs> <laughs> Not when you get in the, the ladies' numbers tucked in the tunic, though. Yeah, but doesn't happen. No, it, it does. It, it does. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's good. It's a good experience, and, and doing the troop, and you know, say, you know, saying to the grandkids, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. did the troop for the queen. Yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be good for the for that, but yeah. do, doing it any for any longevity, it wasn't for me. No, yeah, I can, I can imagine. I can imagine. What um, at what stage do you start thinking about getting out? What 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 led to you? What led you getting out? Actually, I think I, we did, we did Afghan, um, so it would have been Herrick six. Yeah, oh yeah, okay. Um uh so two thousand and eight, seven? Two thousand seven. Yeah. Um got back off that. You had a tough one on that one, didn't you? I think I'm trying to it, you guys yeah. Yeah. Um I, I so we I, I, I was part of the, the BRF, which was the first kind of brigade reconnaissance force that wasn't yeah. PF or uh, patrols. Okay. So there was loads of people thrown together. And it, it was a bit of a test. Um so you did that and you know, you had the had the beat up the the tour and we we were left alone then get back to the battalion and you just had the guards bullshit uh, you had a lot of people that <clears throat> had, had their careers and they, they were a bit get, um, envious uh, of young blokes that had been out and had seven months doing everything so you, and I, I think at, coming off that tour you just start to see through a lot of the stuff and do this but but why why, why, why do I need to do that we, we don't need to be doing that 
and it just it just changed the perspective a little bit. Mm. So from there, it was started looking at getting out. Well, there was a there's a there's a massive gap between of of proper fighting, mm. if you like, between uh, the Falklands and and coming up to like the twenty first century. A massive gap, mm. and you, like you're saying there, I think, I think that. And it happens to any any unit, any any military really. You go for, if you go for a, if the majority of your forces go for a considerable amount of time without um, you know without experiencing the nitty gritty, then you do lose sight of things, mm. and all of a sudden you you your you bullshit creeps in, and your things become a bit just what doing it doing things for the sake of doing things. Yes, yeah. especially especially in the guards. I, I mean, yeah. you know, the, the day we got back from Afghan, is that right? Buff, buff belts need to be cleaned and, and on show uh, this afternoon. I'm like, hold on a minute, we just got back. Just give us a break. Mm. But you know, it was just that 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 bullshit that I think it's a little bit extra in the guards than it is <laughs> everywhere else. You just start to kind of question things, mm. and as soon as your head's not in it, then it's time to look for something else. Mm. Mm. So, what did, what did you? What was your immediate thoughts when you think about getting out? I was going to be a police officer. Oh, really? Yeah, I had um, I had a tattoo on my arm uh, that I got when I was fourteen of a British bulldog with a Union flag on its back. So. When it went through the yeah. went through the paper process. So, yeah, that's fine. Um, send us some pictures of your tattoo. Sent it in six weeks later. No, you're not for us. I've got a friend who had exactly the same problem, exactly the same yeah. with three parlad, um, and uh, he took it to the papers. He went to the papers, mm. but his, his dad was also he was quite I say quite senior. He he was he was a, a senior rank mm. of some I don't know what a senior rank in some constabulary mm. somewhere. And he took it to the paper, and then he ended. It was the same thing, British Bulldog. Yeah. And uh, he ended up. Um, he was applying to the Scottish police force, and he ended up getting a job. He's still in that, actually. He's still mm. in that. How oh, he's a copper, I don't know. I, I, I didn't get it. Now, now, no, I'm, I'm a bit older and maturer. You know, I'm like, it doesn't really matter. At the time, I didn't get it. I was like, I've been in the army. I've served my country. What, what, what do you mean I can't join the police? Yeah, but how can it? I don't understand why you couldn't join on that. I, I don't understand why you can't join the police force for having a flipping British bulldog on a Union Jack. Because if somebody looked at it and thought it was racist, and, and I did a bit more research, and, and the BMP used it on a on a leaflet in 1970-something. Yeah, it's still fucking ridiculous. No, it, it is. I, I, was, I was 14. Yeah. No, I've had it covered now because it's a shit tattoo. <laughs> yeah. What have we got? What have we got now? I just like a, a half a sleeve. <laughs> Star of David. Or something. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, it, is. No, uh, it, it didn't make sense at the time, but it doesn't make sense now, mate. If it doesn't no. make sense now, but it, it was it was the right decision because had I, had I joined the police, I, I might have been down a different path, and yeah, I wouldn't be where I am now. So, so when you got when you got rejected, you must have been gutted. Yeah. Yeah. I had, it was one of those. You see blokes leave, leave battalion all the time. You see blokes come back, and you know, once, once I put my put my uh, put the papers in, I was like, I can't go back now. You know, I've said I'm doing it. I, I can't change my mind. Yeah. So it's uh, sent off to prison service, and they they, they had me. <laughs> Do you have any mates in the prison service? Did you? No, no, not at the time. No, oh, really. Yeah. Mm. Just um. How did you come across that job then? What, what did it? Were you pointed that way by someone, or did you know of it from previous? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> it's the only answer. Mm. I, I think it's just something I came across when I, when I was when I was looking for jobs. I mean, you know, when when I knew I was getting out, I, I went for interviews at sales companies and tele and telephone companies and all types of things. So I was just like, I, I can't get out and not have a job. I've got to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that that came through. So your f- first job then, unless you're living in between, was the prison officer. Yeah, uh, I, I I left. I actually I, I left uh, about a month early. I, I was due to due to get out in the in the February 
and they, they gave me early release so I could start the training mm-hmm. uh, the first week of January. Um, yeah, I think that was eight, eight weeks training and then straight into it. Where was, that? Where was, the, tra- where was the training? They, they do it actually within the prison. There's a ah. little building outside and you do eight weeks. <clears throat> what did I entail? What was that like compared <laughs> to uh, the guard training? <laughs> or um, AFC? Again, it, it, was all, it was all very political. You know, the, the day one you, you sat down and you're like, right, you know, we we encourage you to to report on people. So, if uh, John John and Jill are having a conversation, and uh, as an in inmates, no, no, officers. Oh god! If John and Jill are having a conversation, and Sandra doesn't like that Jill says cunt, then put a report in, and you know, you don't have to accept that. I was like, what? I was like, I'm not talking to anybody. That is mental. It it, it was. Um, is that it, the same from prison to prison? Yeah, it's, it, it the. It's, stand, it's a standard thing across. Yeah, I, 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 I when, when, when I, when I first kind of finished training and got on the wings, it was a very different mentality from from the older, older senior prison officers. Um, but gradually, they were getting pushed out, and it, and it was becoming more that they they wanted university educated people to to come in and call prisoners Mister and just speak to them in a way that. They don't understand, let alone me understanding. That the prisoners don't understand. No, no. If, if you got you got a guy that you know has been a shitbag for his entire life and grew up on a council estate, if you start saying, "Mr. Smith, please, please don't do that," you're just going to get laughed at. You know, yeah. you, you talk to them on a level, and, and they understand it, and you, you you get that respect that way. But that's not how uh, the powers that be wanted it. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't it. know that. It makes you wonder how how little understanding they've got of the way that part of society is. I think it's you know the it's this educated mentality that you know to to have a career you have to have a degree and you know we we know better rather than having life experience and that that was that was what I was seeing that so in that in speaking so in getting those uh, in getting people who to speak to the the prisoners in a as as speaking to them as you as if that you as a guard are a separate class to them mm. which is you know, not yeah. the case in majority the majority of things. They think that that was that would help the rehabilitation of the prisoners. Is that is that the mentality? I don't know. I, I think it's it's just the, 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 this political correctness that, that is in society at the moment. That you know, every, everyone has to has to be treated the same. But you you can't you can't talk to to a guy that, that you know like that because you don't get his respect and in, in order to, to kind of run a wing you need the respect of the prisoners mm. um, so you, you, can't, you talk to them on a level and you talk to them like people but you know if, if you are throwing some fucks and fucks in there then it's not an issue but to to the powers that be it is yeah I'm, yeah you, you, yeah <coughs> yeah I, I surprised me I didn't know that it surprised me that is. it's um, it, it's how you how you go about getting what you want from people or, or getting what you want from life you know it's like a perfect example. I was t- talking to a uh, guy the other day, and he's a he's a a director in a quite a a, uh, a, a decent large mm. company. And we were having this very same conversation. I think I put something and sworn. I'd accidentally sworn on my Facebook public <laughs> and pub. And mm. I, I don't like doing that. I just don't. Um, it was meant to go in a private group. 
I've just literally just the fact I swore yeah. in this sentence, something like this fucking thing is whatever. The irony is I'm doing it on a bloody podcast. On <laughs> 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 Facebook post, and I I spoke to him and I said, uh, "Oh God, I kick myself. I did that public post and I left him blinded, and I didn't mean to do it there." And we got in the conversation. He said, "No, it's pff, it's how we speak. Yes. It's how we speak." He said, don't, "He said, don't be wrong. I, I, you know, if I'm going to go in on with the board of directors and sit down and have a conversation, then I don't." effing blind but that's just because that's, that's in my that's yeah. ingrained in me not yeah, to do absolutely. that he said but then I'm going out he said I'm going out to do a video update for the whole company later on and I will swear now I just <laughs> I just can't help it yeah. I said I, I can't he said I can't help it but then I think with our generation as in your yeah you, yours and my generation um zinials yeah yeah <laughs> so above millennials but below the old crusties I think that we are going to be uh, when we get into those when we get to that age where you know the the the, the granddad oh like, back in my day you know we'll be much more ex- or people of our age when we get the senior roles in those kind of companies um, will be much more accepting and accommodating or, or not not accepting and accommodating it we won't even notice we'll much notice le- much less notice someone swearing or someone. Um, Doing whatever. I mean, look at Elon Musk on the Joe Rogan yeah, podcast, yeah. Yeah. and he was smoking <laughs> pot, which is legal there in California. Fucking Canada's legalized now, haven't they? Yeah. And he was drinking whiskey, and some people like were not impressed by that. Uh, it was him being a CEO. No, I'm indifferent. It's like yeah. pff, it does not bother me. No. It does not bother me. But that's the generation we are. Yeah, I think yeah. you know it's going to be interesting as time moves forward. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think everyone will just be effing and blind. It'll be cut. Yeah. yeah, and you certain know, words you'll never be able to say, but yeah, of course, <laughs> you dropped one on you already. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, and going back to the prison prison service, I, I I didn't have the right attitude to to be a prison officer, you know, I, and that's why I eventually left because you couldn't conform to what they wanted no, that I, way, and and the, the the you know that that military background that was instilled, you, you kind of you still have that, um, and that that didn't work in the, in the prison. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I thought it'd be. I thought it'd be perfect. No, because you know, you, I, I, I didn't mind having a tear up, and you get, you start getting yourself in drama because it's always the same names that are kind of getting involved in in incidents, and you know, for for, for me from from the military, it's like right, I'll ask you to do it, I'll tell you to do it, I'll make you do it. And yeah, that, that's how simple it was. Yeah, yeah. If I said no, no, no means no. If right or wrong, you know, we'll discuss it afterwards. But mm-hmm. no is no, and we'll get get on with it. But they they want a softly approach and ah, so if, if your name keeps coming up because you've been involved in an incident yeah, and you know you responded to another incident it's like got well you. you know it's your fault got you. yeah yeah Where, whereas it's not necessarily the people that don't want to jump in and yeah, get involved no. yeah 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 um so yeah it was, it was time to leave <laughs> how long did you do with them three uh, days <laughs> I, I managed I managed a few years <laughs> did you really yeah and then and it, it's funny um. I I had a uh, I was living in Aldershot at the time, and uh, one of the guys that lived in a flat above was an ex sergeant major. And he was working for a, a maritime company, and for for about a year he'd been saying, "Get your calls, get your calls, I get you a job." And I started to see the right I was like, right, I need to find something else. Yeah, saved up when it, when I got the calls, finished finished the, all the maritime courses, rang him up. It's like right, I got the calls. When do I start? So, oh mate, I've just had a just had a fallout with management. I don't oh, work for him anymore. God. It's like, but I put your CV in though. I was like, no. <laughs> so, like, but luckily, I, I I I felt quite lucky and got out over Christmas, as most people do. You, you got 
Oh, they've got yeah. So you know, a lot of people want Christmas off, so they're always looking for, for uh, blokes. Of course, yeah. So it's, it's a good time to kind of get in, and get amongst it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Where did you? Who you end up working for? Uh, CRG. On the boats. Oh, yeah. Bloody forgot they did both. What were they, what were they like? Yeah, no, it was good. Right. Um, they, they treated it different to, to a lot of the other companies. In what regard? Uh, they had a mixture of, uh, of bootnecks and other regiments. You know, yeah. It wasn't strictly bootnecks, like a, a lot of companies did. Um, this is quite early on, the maritime boom, really, wasn't it? A, a 20, it was, no, 20, what, 11, 12? I, I joined tw- uh, 2012, yeah. Oh, okay, so it was a bit later. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, but no, yeah, they, they're a really good company to work for. They're quite, quite chilled out. Did they not go to... Sorry to interrupt. Did they not go to um, having lots of, like all the other companies, having a lot of non British? Well, they, European. They, I think they, their, their plan from the start, they, they saw how the industry would go. Um, so they, they started the team, teams of four, two and two. So two <coughs> expats, two, two Indians. Um, which meant that the, the, the expats, their wages stayed higher than for, for longer than a lot of the other companies. Because they, they they kind of they knew where where the industry would go. So they were so they were one of the first to do that. Then? I think so. Oh. I think so. Yeah. Switched on cookies. Yeah, but they they they, they don't run anymore. Any they it wasn't making enough money for them. Um, so they just said, right, that's that's the end of our contracts when yeah. they when they run out. Yeah, we won't renew them. Hmm. Was well, that a, what sort of? No, no. I, my 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 ex was was pregnant, so I need to get back to the UK, and mm-hmm. so my my boy was born. Oh, that's when uh, that's when I started doing RST. Right. How did you go from the? How did you get from the maritime at the RST? Again, um, I, I've, I've been quite fortunate. Knowing people, yeah, and kind of, I've just been, I seem to be in the right place at the right time a couple of times. It's worked. It's worked quite well. Um, my, my boy was born in the May. I came back off off ship probably four weeks before he was born. Is that right? Yeah. Get have him born, have four weeks off, yeah, and start looking. If it doesn't work, I'll go back and do maritime. I was I was back for I was back for two weeks, and I, I got a phone call saying, "Oh, we got a job. Do you want it?" So, I can't say no now, can I? So I, two weeks before he was born, I, I managed to get jump on a RST job, and I, I, was, I was quite fortunate, and then just started on that. How did you find the RST? Mine, I mean, but it is yeah, it's, it's staggering on. It's a, that's not to do it injustice. Not to do it injustice. It's it's uh like it's people who turn and those that won't flipping do RST. Yeah, but then they pay the bills. Yeah, no, but then but then but then the dream job is to go and do some CP for some family. <laughs> well, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, you know, you got to be in the right place at the right time to yeah. get that, or you got to put the graft in. And and yeah. exactly what Nick says, don't be a job snob. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that phrase. I'm gonna steal <laughs> it from years to come. People think it's mine. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you, you're right, and yeah. It, it was the first thing that came along, but you know it was well, when's the next next opportunity going to be? So I, I took it, mm. and, and you know it ran for a while, which was good. How long did you do RST for? I did it for two years um, for, for two different families, but I was I was doing surveillance throughout that time. Um, I saw it. Oh. Ah, so w- w- when did you train with? When did you train with Nick then? In August Europe, two thousand fourteen. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think the. The beginning, yeah, so, beginning of 2014. When did you come off the boats? July, July 2014. How did you? Uh, okay, so right, so go back a bit. So you are, you may you say May 2014 you trimming Nick? 
No, it would have been, it would have been, it would have been earlier, about January, February time. How can we? So when you were on the boat, then why did you decide to go and do that? Just because well? my boy was being born. So ah, I, I came I'm back. Sorry, ju- in, on, on the leave, uh, I, did, I did the. Um, right. jump. You want uh, I have one of these ones. Oh, God, yeah. No, yeah. oh, no, you go, you go, mate. I need a bottle opener. Oh, I've got a bottle opener. <laughs> right, so, July, uh, yeah. Cheers for these, right? No worries. I like, uh, I like the old Camden. <laughs> nice. Well, everyone brought something local, so. <laughs> That's good, it's good, yeah. Um, cheers. Cheers. Mate. Right, go on. Yeah, so you no, decided to go on. Yeah, How? between rotations, I, I did the course. Yeah. Um, just so, so I, I knew I, I was looking to get out of the maritime. Did the so. P, PI surveillance and CP all, all yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then once I once I came back off of the last rotation, I just started looking for jobs, and got fortunate with RST. With the RST. Uh, but you say you're doing surveillance as well at the same time. Yeah. When, when, once I once I got settled into into RST and realised that it wasn't for me long term. Um. I started to get a bit of kit together and just approach companies and say, you know, I'm available. <laughs> At the time, I, I was doing four days on, four nights, four off. So on, 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 my, on my down days, I'd just go and do a bit of surveillance and just start to kind of build up the, the knowledge and, and the practice that, that you need um, and just pro- kind of progress from there. Um, was that just for different companies? Yeah. Doing that? yeah. Did you have your own van? Yeah, actually, one of one of the first things I brought was was a van. Um, I think I paid nine hundred quid for a white Astra. Bargain. Yeah. Was it already kitted out? No, no, no. no. Go on. Um, just fortunately, my, my dad builds trailers for a living, so he, he knows electronics. So I was like, right, I, I need this, 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 and this. He's like, yeah, I can, I can do that. So I stuck, stuck a battery in it, and, and it was all right. <laughs> um, but no, I got got it all kitted out, uh, and again, it, it wasn't something that came. It wasn't all they wanted. It was just each job. The, the RST was paying for the bills. The surveillance was kind of building up the kit, which which was nice. So it's when you, when you first start, it is quite a, quite an investment. You know, when you've got your your van, your cameras, your comms, um, <coughs> so you started started to build it up and, and just work for different people as and when I could. And I, I found out I was I was alright at it. You know? mm. And it just kind of progressed from there. I think that's the biggest barrier with it. I, I, I dabbled with the idea at times of going into it, but um, I don't know. I didn't. Well, one of the one of the barriers to doing it was having the money to to invest in a van. You mm. know, I yeah. recognised early on, as you did, that um, most of the jobs that will be posted up is like, yeah, they need an operator or pair of this, 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 and this. Need this kit. I'd almost always, almost always say, van, you know, van, yeah. or or it would be just. Not even have to state it. It's like the obvious. Yeah, you know, it's obvious. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen anything where it's not. Apart from the, like the rural task, I did, mm. I did do some surveillance. I did some rural stuff, but it was nothing. Excuse me. Not serious. It was <clears throat> in terms of skill set, s- surveillance wise, it was very, uh, very, a very low requirement. Mm. We didn't ever have to take any record any video. <laughs> didn't have to record any audio. We were. We were basically an o- OPs, yeah. um, and we would log and record it. Okay, yeah, we just given the target, go, put the, and it was it was almost all rural, mm. which was, which is like, probably the best thing I've done since I left, because <laughs> it was well, I broke out my green kit, got the green kit on, got my boot, you know, because you keep kit when you leave. Mm. I have my, I have my 
camouflage on my boots on I, I even had the old DZ flash like it's all my old kit and then uh, we sneak it out at night oh. going into sneaking out not have to do anything uh, of any hard work but having said that it was winter mm. it was fucking freezing <laughs> it was snowing oh my god yeah no that's it it's, it's, it's the van it's, it's getting the van sorted yeah. but then um I think even with a little bit of research online, you can kit it out yourself with a bit, little bit of nose. Yeah, surely. yeah, and, and and again, you the, the likes of, of kind of Nick uh, and the course, you, you kind of put you in a good stead, where where you've got not not to to kind of bad talk <laughs> any other courses, but I I don't think you get the aftercare that you do with uh, that you do with Nick. Yeah, it's it's um, I, I'm always weary of saying, I'm always weary of saying. Uh, People ask, oh, we should go and train with some mm. of these things. And I'm always weary that, well, I'm going to say Argus Hero, yeah. you know, because they were mega nice there. But, but you know, and I will say they were mega. But I've never trained with anyone else. No, yeah, so, exactly. So it's like, well, and I, I sort of realise that. I think, oh, well, everyone, everyone's going to say their trainers, they provided the best. No one's going to say, no close protection guy is going to say, uh, yeah, mine, mine was shit. Because mm. <laughs> the insinuation is that you had shit training and yeah. you should maybe shit in your job. I was going to say the best, but um, there, there is that with, with the with the aftercare with it. Mm. But uh, uh, you know the, the work and stuff after. I, I, you can't, I can't fault them for that. I don't, I don't know of anyone else that does no. that. I don't know no. of anyone else that does that. And that's the kind. Of, I, I think I would know. Yeah, you know, I, I would become aware of it right now, which is good. Did you not do when you were building your van? Mm. Did you not do? Um, a series of photos and explanations of what you were doing. Was no, that you? No, Who no, did that's that? Merv. Ah, right, right, right. Yeah, I, 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 I remember that, that poster. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but no, you know, uh, and you know, gradually the, the kit was was built up and I'm a bit of a kit geek anyway, so any excuse to spend spend the money was, <laughs> was like, yeah, I need, I need that. I don't know what for, but I might need it one day. And the, the eBay bill went through the roof. <laughs> Yeah, you may. We had a guy when I was doing my surveillance course. We had a guy turn up. He, he turned up just for the surveillance. Mm. I won't say his name. He turned up just for the surveillance course. Um, he was civvy. He was he had a back, military mm. background. I think he got referred there by a, an ex Power Edge officer that was employing him in some way, shape, or form. Um, and he rocked up. <clears throat> and he had a tie with a camera in it. <laughs> That's Nick about it. He had, a, he had a tie with a camera in it, right? He had a pair of sunglasses, so like uh, fakelies, yeah. within in the middle with a, like a hidden yeah. camera right in the middle between the eyes. But the problem is, you have to film. You have to look at people. I mean, it's fair right at him. What else do you have? Yeah, basically everything that you get from like the spy shop, yeah. <laughs> the pens with like miniature micro. Yeah, it was. It was. I bet Nick loved that. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> uh, he also. Um, he also had a problem with uh, public transport. <laughs> Didn't like going on public transport, which is which is great if you're on a foot follow and you know and, and the and the target like fucking gets onto a bus, yeah. for example. <laughs> what do you do? Knock it on the bus and not follow him. Oh, he, he was mad. He was mad. Yeah, he was absolutely mad. I'm guessing he's not working anymore. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. <laughs> I, I got no idea. <laughs> I got no idea. I got no idea. I don't know where he went to. I'll have to. I, I'll have to ask Nick about that mm. <laughs> if he's ever heard from him again. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, we just we just uh, just put a guy through the course, and he, he's coming on full time employed now. Um, so he's the first of the many. Yeah, 
Ah. So he he uh, he got given given the van and all his kit yesterday. So he's he's happy. What you, mean, what, you you dished out the kit? Mm. Flipping heck! So he's he's, do, he's done the course. He's, he's coming on full time employed, uh, and he's got a van with with a full setup with everything. So your company? Yep. That surprised me. If you explain it to me. I'm not going to speculate. So right, you've got all seen surveillance, yes, yep. right? And if you bring some, and in this case, you brought someone on mm-hmm. as an employee, yep. and you're giving him the kit to yep. do his task. Why have you chosen to do that? Give him the kit out of interest. First of all, I don't think you'd be able to afford it. Okay. Um, and you, you you almost control the quality a little bit. Of the uh, kit, yeah, and and the end product. You know, if, you, if you're giving him decent yep. cameras, decent comms, then you know he, he's got a good good start and good place to start uh, and go from. So uh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I, he'll he's probably kit that better than most. Uh, I'm most, thinking <laughs> most subcontractors. When did he finish the course? Uh, two weeks ago. Good report, I take it. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he he was lined up to go on the course with the intention of becoming employed anyway. Ah, right. Um, but yeah, uh, he, he got signed off. <laughs> that is that, yes, I didn't. That's, a, that's brilliant. I didn't. It, you know, it's just that trying to trying to kind of grow grow the business in, in the right way mm-hmm. um, by by offering a, a good product, but also kind of look after the blogs. So we, we, you know, it. it it will. It will be. Will be interesting and see, seeing how it kind of pans out. All of a sudden, there's a, there's a lot you, more admin for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so things, things I, I wouldn't think about. Uh, I'm like insurance claims. Well, in, insurance. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Co- company car policies. I'm like, right, yeah. you know, we, we we've had him out this week doing, doing a bit of training, and and we, we we were doing doing a few bits and driving, as you do doing this job. And it's like. Right, we we do that, but you don't ever do that, okay? <laughs> He's like, all right, okay. But, yeah. How um, how big is the company now? There's well, uh, me, my business partner, yeah. uh, and um, Simon's uh, the first employee of, of many. Right, hopefully that is awesome. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. Um, I'm, I'm saying that's awesome. They're giving me the kit. It's just really t- taking me back. Um, so in your normal working day, no, I know that's a bad because every working day be different here. You work in week. Mm-hmm. Explain it to me. Explain it to me from the uh, from the point of view from as if I'm uh, I'm think I'm saying to you, Dave. I fancy going out and doing a bit of surveillance. What what's your week like doing what you're doing? <laughs> I, say, yeah. I know it's <laughs> mental. First of all, <laughs> asking Mrs. if she's like never seen you. <laughs> if she's all right with that, then, then we're good. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it, 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 it is what although it's a cliche, you know, no two days are the same. It, it, it really is is that. I mean, um, in in the last or say the last month, I've been two foreign countries doing a week's task in two two different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bit up into Wales. Um, that's not that's not foreign, buddy. No, no that, that's not. You know, <laughs> I, I won't say the countries I was, I was in. Um, but you know, um, so you, you get about a bit, and you know, you, you, <clears> your jobs can be starting early doors at three, four in the morning, and going right through to. You know, starting in the afternoon and just doing the evening. How much time you spent? Uh, how much time, uh, like proportionally, so percentage wise, is is planning or post post op admin, as in editing or like planning. Planning is usually on the hop because nothing, nothing's ever ever pre planned. It's usually like, all right, I, I need this uh, and I need it tonight or tomorrow or the next day. So it's, that's usually kind of you get, you get it in and you just just get on with it. You know, you, you're doing it as you're, as you're on your way there. Um post stuff um depending on 
on how much you, you've, you've kind of got throughout a day. You can have anything from a couple of minutes of, of video footage to a couple of hours. Um, you're going through all that, you're writing your reports. Um, and, and again, you know, depending on who's on the ground, depends on the, the handwriting and the, the spelling of the report and you, you're having to two in the morning, like try and work out a, work out a puzzle, put that together. But no, um, you, you try as, as much as you can. You, you get off the ground, get get a report, and get it to a client. So they wake up and they, they've got it there, ready and waiting. Mm-hmm. And it, it sets quite a good impression. Um, and nine times out of ten, it will lead to more things because they see something, they, they get a bit of an urge or an itch, and it kind of carries it on. Uh, a little bit of information. Mm. Yeah. Didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is repeat customer a big thing then? A big part of your... It, it, it can be um, with, with the corporate stuff, definitely. Um, with the with the matrimonial, uh, we we find it's a word of mouth. So, you know, so someone someone does our, does all right out of a out of a divorce and and sitting around the table, and it gets passed on, and we we get we get the call, and you did this for for my friend, can you do it for me? Mm-hmm. Which uh, which works quite well. With the um, <clears throat> with the corporate clients, mm-hmm. what? Um, is there anything since you got in, into the industry that has surprised you in the, the nature of the tasks that you do for corporate clients? Because I'm thinking like corporate clients would be, um, you know, maybe they're suspecting theft on site or maybe someone's, someone's flipping, uh, what else, uh, like uh, fraud or um, uh, f- falsifying a, an insurance yeah. claim, for example. What What's your most unusual one? Without, obviously without giving details. Um, I think, I think garden and leave ones are, 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 the, are the kind of the, the strangest ones because you, you've got an individual and they, they leave a company and they're given a, a handsome settlement, mm-hmm. but they're greedy and you know they they, they can't wait that, that period of time before they start working for the, for the next guy or, or whoever it may be or doing their own thing and, and they you know get greedy they they want that money they want to start making more money. And they they get caught out very easily, you know. That, that's that's always the one that surprised me because they're quite intelligent people. Um, I mean, but I think there's a, there's an arrogance with it that oh, it's alright, I won't get caught. And they they crack on and mm. they do. Mm. Yeah, you think you think they know better, especially especially with I'd imagine that involves um, senior execs and stuff like that where you talk about that level of where 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 corporation or a company's willing to spend money on surveillance to for an individual that must be senior yeah Not necessarily M- senior, millions, millions yeah yeah you know, and and it, the, the figures can be can be crazy having said that i suppose it, it would even be <coughs> it would even be um worthwhile doing it for a company if just for salespeople leaving but t- yeah, taking client lists, and that, that's one of the, one of the main areas that we we kind of focus on is small to medium companies, because surveillance and prior investigations is mm. it's a bit unknown. Um, some people looked at it; it's a bit seedy. You imagine Dick Tracer with Trace, Tracy with his flashing jacket on. So ap- approaching companies and and saying, you know, this this is what we can do. This is how much it costs, and you know, potentially this is what you can save. It mm. opens their eyes, um, and it, it's not that you know that you're going to get a job then in there, but. In the future, they're, they're you know they're, they're going to think of you when something happens. Yeah, but they've they've legislated a better recently though, over the last what five six years, haven't they? Which which helps improve the the uh, the reputation of the industry or not? 
It hasn't been licensed yet. Um, that, that's been being spoken about since. Uh, excuse me. Since uh, the phone hacking scandal, but yeah, it's not. I like, thought there was. Hang on, what came in to do with um, PIs? Oh, didn't some legislation come in a few years back to do with um, private investigation? Uh, am I talking rubbish? It's, it's been spoken about, but it hasn't been. You're on about yet. SIA business licensing. Yeah, you're on about, yeah, aren't you? Yeah. Was it not something else? You, you had uh, the implementation of GDPR this year. Yeah. Um, obviously, that has quite a big, big impact on the industry. Yeah. But other than that. No, that SIA, <coughs> the SIA business license is a bit of a flipping joke. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, it just, that's been going on since 2013, no, 2014. I think, I think the SIA business license mm. was first, I think it came about, it came about in 2014 and they, they were planning to implement it in November 2014, I think. Right, okay. And it's still not done now. No. But you can, you, yeah, you, don't, you, like, don't, you don't need a license to be a private investigator. Really? Yep. I didn't know. Which, that. which is a bit scary. But yeah. what, what what you need? Nothing. I thought you did. I thought you had to. I thought you did. Ideally, you do. Uh, and <laughs> ideally, <laughs> yeah. But there there are, there are there are some cowboys out there that are that are, uh, are kind of running around. I, I mean, uh, Adam Johnson, the the footballer, got done for rape. I thought. Yes, Adam Johnson's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, his family paid a a private investigator, thousands or hundreds of thousands, and he he was a fraudster. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, I thought you had to be licensed, mate. No, no. that is ridiculous. There, there there are things that you you should have in place, like your your ISO registration and and bits and pieces, but you you don't have to be licensed as it stands at the moment. But it looks good when you go to clients and say, right, you know, this this is what we do to well, ensure ensure yeah. compliance and yeah. you know that we. Uh, How do you um, do? You do much continuation training, you said, like within, or do you plan on doing much continuation training with with the company with for the likes of Simon? He said's coming in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so photography is a massive one. Uh, any anyone can hold a video camera and click record and point it in a direction. So photography is something that will, will come on once he once he kind of settles in. And you go and do external courses and that kind of stuff, or internal? You'll teach him internally first, or uh, I think we'll start we'll start teaching him internally first. Um, and I think uh, there's a, there's a few things in the pipeline for 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 courses, but yeah, um, there, there there are courses out there that he, he, we'll, we'll get him on. Uh, drive drive him a bit another one, Rosper. Mm. Yeah, what's the most what's the most difficult skill? Do you think with being a surveillance operative, that the most difficult skill to master? There's loads in there. You got the you got photography, you got the videography, or if you want to call yeah. it photography as well. Then you've got the the the, the, the editing. Uh, yeah, as as you you're kind of you're 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 bot on the ground. Um, ideally, you're not doing the video editing. That, that's the kind of the the, the case manager's uh, job okay um i think the, the biggest thing is you know you, you need free hands so you're, you're driving you're, you're you're talking on the radio and you're trying to record at the same time whilst not getting into accident whilst maintaining control of a subject and, and trying to preempt what they're going to do you know if, if they're going to stop where, where you where you're going to pull up and right, i can turn on this road I can, I can stop here this will give me a good vantage so it's just it, it it is a thinking game, and that's one of one of the things I like about it. That if you're not good at it, there's nowhere to hide. You know, you can you can be 
go on a CP team, and if, if you're a bit shit, you can kind of hide in the background and get away with it for a bit. Mm. But with, with surveillance, you, know, you you very quickly get found out if you if you're not good at it. Yeah. Um. I, I, unless, well, no. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. I, and if that's the case, um, I hazard a guess that some of those people that go on and try and start companies like Lunatics because because then, then all they only got the hype for themselves, and then they don't get any business and they crash no. anyway. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. Hmm. With the private investigation qualification, then mm-hmm. does that have to be? Does it stand for life? Do you have to renew it or what? No, it's the, it stands for life. Um, yeah. Uh, what, again, the, there's no there's no real body that monitors private investigators. The the ABI um, Association British Investigators is it, a good starting point. Then you know they're they're trying to push a lot of policy. Um, and compliance for the, for the industry, which which isn't a bad thing. Excuse me. Sorry, yeah, this. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It must be the studio. Yeah. Last week we had uh, uh, Richard Sharp on Team Rubicon, and he had cracked up a beer and two beers, and he couldn't stop belching. <laughs> <laughs> he brought those in the show. He showed for He brought those in as well. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not easy. He brought his. I he brought yeah. his own. He brought his own beers. Um, right. So you talk about the ABI. How did the yeah. ABI get formed? Get formed, yeah. Has that just been around forever? Yeah, I've heard of it l- longer than me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But I, is it? Um, it so, they, are they pushing to get the industry regulated? Yes. Yeah. Who who do they expect to regulate the SIA? I, I believe so. Um, but again, they're they're doing lots of stuff in the, in the background, which I should probably read up more on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they they're, they're dealing with it. They'll sort it, and yeah, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll, they'll publish what they need to publish. Mm-hmm. And we'll go along with it, but no, it, you know, it, as a as a starting point, it they 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 provide vetting to to PIs. Um, what do you mean? So to to be a member, you, you go through a vetting process with them. Yeah. You, you have your interview. So it, you know, any anyone using a private investigator, you don't you can't go far wrong by by using an ABI member. Um, at least there's there's something in place, and if if there is is an issue or something goes wrong. You, you can go to ABI and they'll, they'll investigate it independently. Yeah. So it, it gives clients a bit of confidence. Yeah. This is yeah. So it's getting people aware of the, that the ABI mm. exists really potential clients, isn't it? Mm. I suppose. Did I go on? No, no, go. On. But did I? Um, um, they must go to corporations and or potential well potential clients and push themselves and other own brand uh, marketing. Mm. Do that. Make themselves aware to make themselves that. Uh, to make people aware that there is an, a a not a regulatory body, but an association. Well, like other associations, yeah. you get professional associations, don't you? That, yeah. that are doing it properly, I suppose. Doing it properly, yeah. Um, where is it? Where are they based? Uh, Brentwood. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Oh, that's uh, okay. Cause I, I, yeah, I, that's not uh, a good spot actually. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> if uh, if you were going to, would you recommend surveillance as a as a career path? Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Lately, um, uh, are you talking about guys leaving a mill or just in general? Um, guy, well, in general, doesn't mean, mm. in general, I suppose either or, either or. The reason I ask is, it um, 
one of the things that I've just with the whole security surveillance industry mm. that, that I'm, I'm going to put, put band those two together separately together because mm. it's you know you, you sort of you train in both and why didn't I mean, a lot of people do and there are two options mm. for people like you and I is that a, it just it seems to me that uh to be on uh just not uh, irregular work and i'm talking not from a point of view of yourself like an, a, an owner um but but as a an employee mm-hmm. or or independent contractor it just seems sort of irregular um constantly trying to find the next job next contract um next pay packet mm-hmm. which which for me i i did yeah i was in that boat for years uh, and I didn't realise until later on it's like fucking hell that was mm. just not good for me at all uh, that, so that's why I ask it, it's um, and that's how it seems to me still there seems to be a lot a lot of people who, who, who look for work either in CP RST mm. surveillance those three things because generally they'll train those three mm. things well yeah a lot of companies will and they just it's hard. It's a hard thing to succeed in. Is that, is that right? I don't know. I'm not in the industry for, for surveillance. Um, so surveillance when, when, yeah. when, when you when you start starting off, yes, um, you know, no, nobody knows you, uh, and for you to go out and, and work for somebody, you know, you you need to convince them that you you can do the job, you can provide the, a good product, which is your your video or your report. So so when you first start, um, with nobody knowing you. You know, you, you know, it comes back to not being a job snob. Anything and everything, you take it. You know, whether you're making ten pound or a hundred pound on it, you you take it just to get that experience, get your name out there. But when, when, once you're established and you, you you network and you've got enough people that that know that you know you you can do a job and provide a good product, then the, the phone rings. Um, and then that's why for for a couple of years I, I was kind of doing both of RST and, and surveillance until it got to the point where I, I knew that I could sustain myself just purely for the surveillance work it's just dawned on me talking there it's just literally just dawned on me there how in, how how much more important it is how much more likely you are to get a call back in the surveillance industry mm. than uh, by being good at what you do yeah. than say RST or CP mm. or security guard and whatever because the impact for the person whose job it is of 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 having a poor operator the impact is so it's, much it more is. it's yeah it it's is, a showstopper it you get the you perform badly for the wrong client and that's that means that means one of your operators is come on and you think i'll give them a go i'll give her a go and uh and they end up on the you know on the target at the time when you take that they should have been flipping video on this from, from this angle or have this set up or that set up and they don't do it because they're inexperienced or they're a fucking idiot. Um, or just, or just it's the wrong industry for them. That can destroy. It, it, it's and yeah. That, destroy that, that conversation with a client afterwards is, is not fun. No. Uh, a, a, a story from the early days would be, um, I had two guys out on a job following a guy that his wife believed was, was up to no good. They get him out of a building start following him they get caught yeah we've got him on foot yeah on foot just just around London um, <clears throat> get caught yeah we, we've got him that's alright okay get into an address the client asks for an update okay yeah we, we've got into this address and the client's like I, I don't know that address are you sure it's him 
Check the team, guys. Are you sure it's him? Yeah, 100%. It's definitely him. Definitely him. This guy stays out all night, away from away from the house. Next morning, get the video through. It's not him. Oh, God. So then the client has spent the night thinking that her fellow's off with, with another woman. I'm pulling her hair out, and then I have to give her the good news in the morning that, sorry, you know, I, I told you that we were fantastic, and you know, this is the what you'd be getting. Um, but this this happened, and I'm really sorry. Um, oh, obviously, there's, there's, there's no charge there, but uh, yeah, I'm really sorry. And then I have to go back to the guys and say, you told me, 100% that that was him. Uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're sorry. You don't get the call back. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe didn't get a call back, but the client called back saying, "I'm going to see you." Like, no, oh, please don't. You're joking. <laughs> yeah. What? Why? Because she'd spent all night crying. Oh my god. But yeah, it it, it was sorted out. But yeah, you know, that that that's one horror story out of <laughs> thousands of good stories. Um, but usually the, the horror story is more interesting. Ah, uh, you, um, you yeah, you get you learn you you're flipping. Uh, but yeah. You, you learn to better vet the people that you're going to employ. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and and you know, to, to, to kind of flip it on the other side, that there's nothing better than, than having a good result for a client, whether you know, you're saving them money or you're, you're getting them a result that they, they didn't expect, and you know, have, having a, a happy client, which is which is a lot, yeah, a lot better. Yeah, yeah. How often you've had a job where um where you, where you start on UK soil and unexpectedly you you finish the task unexpectedly. Like on some on the pan of some airport somewhere somewhere else by accident, not by accident, but because you've been following the target. You've got a plane I've, or I've, a boat. I've, I've never never followed anybody out of the country uh, on, on a job, but there's been a few times where they've gone to gone to the airport and got a plane, and you ring the client and like, no, just leave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, and then you you know you try and get people the other side anyway to, yeah. to add local knowledge. Um, yeah. But yeah, we we get a lot a lot of people flying in. On on business for for a week or so, and that's usually quite interesting. What do you mean? So they you know they're, they're flying in flying in on business for for work, um, or or they've they've said they're they're coming in on business and they they took rock up with somebody else, and that's that's always quite an interesting conversation with a client. Uh, Saying, uh, yeah, he's he's here. I mean, he's got his briefcase, but he's also with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Murky, murky worlds, yeah. aren't there? The things that go on that people don't know, don't yeah. know about. Jesus. Mm. What, what What did you find the most difficult thing? Uh, um, the difficult skill to take up with the, with the surveillance. Because for me, like the, the photography side of things, and I'm on about stills. The photography's a dark art. <laughs> right. Yeah, fucking right. Yeah, yeah. People don't realize. I, I did a what a couple of years. I go into, uh, uh, like amateur a couple of years, but when I get into something, I go. Balls mm. deep. <laughs> I, I go well into it, and then next thing the cameras on my shoulder everywhere go. And uh, but oh, nothing like where, where you're probably at. Um, and uh, yeah, I start to realize that it's like okay, you can, you know, there's there's a lot of facts and black and and and, and a lot of reading you can do to mm. know the the theory behind it. But holy shit, to put it into for, especially for um time, you know. Uh, uh, Shots that rely on something else, yeah. a target, for example, or you want to get the right shot with a, a, a wildlife or or sport, or whatever, and you got to adjust the stuff on the fly because mm. setting it automatic, <laughs> setting you setting that uh, thousand pound yeah. DSLR flipping Canon like 
what seven D or whatever it is <laughs> to automatic isn't going to cut the mustard. No. It doesn't. No. <laughs> and you bought the camera. Well, you bought the try. wrong camera. People if you try. Doing- <laughs> they, they, they try. Like, yeah, I've got some really good photos and just blur going across the screen. You're like, fantastic. What about um? What about the DSLR colors that that are out and about at the minute? So you got the you got your 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 bog standard DSLRs. Mm-hmm. What about the the little compact ones, the, the bridge cameras? Yeah. What what do you reckon of them compared to they they cannot surely be re, no, re, not, replaced. No, no. So what what's why not? Why can they not do what the others do? They're a good starter. Um, yeah, it's it's a good place to start learning. But as soon as you start getting into into the photography and understanding the the the, the triangle of of exposure and exposure time and uh, oh, don't tell me exposure. Time. Don't tell me. Exposure time, and it's the sensitivity of the. This is what is it? The sense. The ISO. Exposure time. <laughs> as, as soon as you start understanding that, um, <laughs> bridge cameras. That you know that that's the the the. I guess the broadness is is reduced, whereas a DSLR, you you've got a lot more. A lot more ability to to adjust the settings to 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 suit the suit the scenario. Um, <laughs> pardon me, but no, um, you know it, it's it's a great place to start, mm. but it's it's not the same as. Do you have a bridge in your in your arsenal? I did when I started. Did you? Not anymore. Yeah. Because I saw when um, Nick's good friend, mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick's very good friend, I saw him. Uh, where is he? He went through a fad. He's loving Facebook at the minute. Oh, he was. He 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 went through a fad of posting up. He bought one of these bridge cards. Mm. He's posting stuff up to the Facebook group. Yeah, the Argus group. These photos he's taking with his yeah. bridge camera—they were fucking awesome. They were awesome. I'm not sure if it, you know, I don't know if he carried on with, with with using it or not. You have one in the arsenal or not? No. I, I, I used to. Um, now I, I, I don't. Um, I, I've got a little compact thing that you can throw in your pocket for certain scenarios. But yeah, you know, the the bridge camera with with the right bit of glass on the end is always the preferred option. <clears throat> what about um, how is it? How important? How important is it to, um, from a surveillance perspective, when you're not selling the photography, for example, for like the high resolution, you know, flipping prize winning photos? But <clears throat> could you cut the mustard with the camera on? Like, I've got lenses that are 20 years old, yeah, and they're, they're fantastic. So I- the, 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 the lens, um, the lenses that they don't really change, um, with, with cameras now, it's, it's the autofocus, which is quicker and. Uh, and stuff within the actual body of the camera. Um, so I, I use a, a Sony, which has got an Amen, which allows you to to put lenses on that twenty years old, and, and you you still get a fantastic picture. It's just the the, the colours are, are different, but it, it looks pretty. I didn't realise. Mm. I thought, why do I think that? Um, so when you get like your budget lenses, like mm-hmm. a Tamron, like the Tamron, yep. the same Tamron, like, like you know, like a three hundred mil, mm-hmm. was it seventy five to three hundred mil? Yep. Time on thing when I when I was um, doing it. Um, what's what's reducing the quality on that compared to Probably the camera? But nah, because it. Well, why why do you? All right, so let's go. You get a Tamron seventy five to three hundred mil lens yep. for eighty quid. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the same lens, maybe a Canon yep. or or I don't know um, uh, Leica or something for thousands. What's the difference? With, with the lens, yeah, uh, pro- must be quality difference. Glass, it's probably going to be autofocus. 
Um, really? Yeah, uh, and, and the technology within within the lens yeah. will, will be different. Yeah. But a, a photographer could use two different cameras and take a, a very similar picture with the two lenses. I, I imagine. Mm, okay. Mm. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know what I'm talking I'm about. To, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember that theory I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah. No, I do. I want to get back into photography. I really enjoy it. Really enjoy it. But it's time consuming, but it's time. Yeah, it's time consuming. It's good. It's good having two young kids and do you, watch them run around and just using them for practice. <laughs> you must do loads of it anyway. <laughs> I, and plus, and also, I suppose with the with the standard of video equipment these days, the the quality of the stills must be awesome. From, from yeah, a video to really camera. get a still from a video camera, the resolution must still yeah. be really good. Yeah. Well, it must be really good. Yeah. Is it? You, 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 but there's still no comparison to to a still from a DSLR. What kind of what kind of how are you recording the video? What are you using? Um, well, uh, for, uh, uh, that's a uh, that's an open question. Give me an example of some of the kit you're using to record the video because different things for different tasks, obviously. Yeah, uh, just you know, you normal day to day Sony handhelds the the kind of four, the four K um, cameras. Well, handheld like that, yeah. like the old handheld. But yeah, but yeah, within the van there, but they'll be mounted and, and cammed up and yeah, on, yeah, on a remote. Yeah, yeah. And then onto a screen. But yeah, is it? Did you, I didn't realize they were still in use. Hmm. Nixon be kicking me. <laughs> I thought it'd be. Uh, I. Why do you? <clears throat> would it not be better to? Obviously, it's not because I hope you're doing. But to have a, um, you know, like a, uh, a, a purpose made, uh, not a purpose made. A recording device in the car, a, v, a, a, a DVR, you, with a camera on a. You can do, but then, then you're limited. So you know, if you, if you've got a, a camera that's a, a bullet camera that's yeah. you know, size of a two pence piece, then the quality uh, of chip and sensors oh, in there okay, right. it yeah, is yeah, limited yeah. compared yeah, to a, yeah, a handycam. Yeah. Right. Okay. Got you. Got you. Um, so you would obviously recommend surveillance as, as a career. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I think it's a lifestyle more than more than a career. You know, you, you've got to enjoy it. Well, you know, you, you're up at stupid clock. You sat in the back of the van for twelve hours a day, pissing on your leg. Um, you know, it, it's not the most glamorous job, but if you if you enjoy it and you know you spend all day waiting for, for that little bit of a buzz when when you get the standby and you're off and and you're on the follow, you know, it, it is it is a bit of a buzz. Yeah, but you, you you've you've got to enjoy it. Yeah, you know, otherwise it, it's it's not worth doing, I don't think. Yeah. And you know, you're, you're investing, investing a lot of time and money in, into kit, and you know, constantly upgrading things and trying to stay stay ahead of everybody else, and thinking of new ideas of ways to do things. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I think the uh, the passion comes in for it. Yeah, I that, that, I forgot about that buzz. I, I made, it made me. It may, give me a give me a buzz when I thought about the buzz. <laughs> I forgot about it. I was thinking because you know, I was thinking that like when I did because yeah. I didn't do any surveillance in in uh, in, that, in the way you do it like that rural stuff. Is sitting there, I'm just logging recording like mm. just no pee. But yeah, I remember being on the on the course and doing the follows and that and yeah, getting a buzz. It's it's good fun. It's good fun. It is. <laughs> it's, it is. Fun. it is. it's good yeah. fun. Yeah, and, and it's incredibly can. fucking hard. Do you know the hardest thing I found? Um, was when you'd be like, uh, you're on foot, you're following the target, and they go in, uh, you're in a, in a town centre, for example, Durham, <laughs> <laughs> and they step into one of the shops, 
and then you've got to step into somewhere mm. where or step somewhere you can see them keep eyes <laughs> on them so it's a busy busy town center you can see them keep eyes on them but not look like you've seen them and keep <laughs> eyes on them right and i uh <laughs> it's it's funny i <clears throat> I, there's two things. There's two things I recall about that. And uh, when I first when I first started doing the follows, well, it was uh, shops you don't want to step into. <laughs> <laughs> and the first one was uh, there was two of us. It was it was it was me and someone else on it, and the target went somewhere. And I can't. No, it was just me actually. And uh, you know when you're starting out, mm. and they the target went into the shop on the left hand side of the street, which was um, I think it was like an EE store. <laughs> Or something, so I could see it all, but I didn't want to stand in the street just looking mm. at them like this, right? And at the same time, I remember thinking, "Fucking hell, I wish I was still smoking," because you just, you know, right? You can get away with it a certain number of times. Stop and have a fag. Mm. <laughs> you can stand in the street and have a fag, looking about, and keep your eyes on. Yeah. But I wasn't. So they walked in uh, an E and left hand side, and I went and I just sidestepped straight into the, the first door in my right. Oh my god. I was in a, I was in like a, it was like a picture shop. <laughs> and it was, I was in like a picture shop, only small, and a foot, you know, like 10 by 10 or whatever. And it's all pictures around. I'm the only person in there and, and like earpiece in. And I'm trying not look inconspicuous, trying not look conspicuous, but I'm not. Like I'm, I'm standing in front of three pictures, mm. which is because they're, uh, they're by the front door and the window, like the front door, because from there I can see mm. the target in the east or opposite. And I can, I'm out of the way, I'm hidden and, and uh, but I'm the only person in there, and I'm probably the only person who's been in that shop for the last half an hour. <laughs> so they come out of the China, China torture. It's like, yeah, yeah, just have a look. Thanks. I'm looking at the same three fucking pictures. <laughs> you know, it's and uh, that it, it's not that it's it's not the awkwardness. It's the well, you don't want to look suspicious. Yeah. And when, when you first start, you're paranoid that everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's looking at you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's yeah. not the case because no one cares. But yeah. You, yeah. when you first start, I, I mean, Simon, you know, we, we uh, you know, obviously did his course and, and was doing Durham. And uh, so then uh, the weekend we were down on the King's Road in, in, in Chelsea. Yeah. And he's like, it's a bit more busy. <laughs> like, it's a bit different to Durham. <laughs> it's all right. Durham's busy, though. I remember, I remember I, well, I remember going into uh, it's a flipping market, indoor market, the indoor market in Durham. I don't know. Oh god, there's an indoor market in there. It's like if you were going to go in and try and follow mm. anyone there, it's the worst place you want to go. <laughs> so it was, oh, follow anyone successfully, but also follow because to follow them successfully in there, you need to be on their shoulder. It's so busy and it's so all all the aisles are so short. They're just going to notice you. Yeah, that was one of them. What was the other thing I did doing there? So yeah, went in the frame shop. And the other one was I went into a, it was like a JJB's or a sport, a, a, a trainer shop. And they had, and, and a, it was a same, it was a very similar scenario. The, the target was outside, sat on a bench in the middle of this fucking busy area. And I just sidestepped and just, yeah, just, yes, you, you, you don't know, not, yeah, you don't know what you're doing. I've just yeah. been trained, like, right, I've got it, being conspicuous, sidestepped at the shop and, um, and look at the trainers. And I had this shop, and it wasn't empty in there. And it's, it's like a JJB, so it may not be, it's a sports shop. So they just generally leave you alone in those mm. shops. I had this flipping guy come over, a shop assistant would not leave me alone. Can I help you, sir? <laughs> no, I'm just looking, mate. You know, you're looking at the massive wall of uh, trainers. Mm. Yeah, just looking, mate. I'm look. Oh, okay. So, and just starts talking about all sorts of stuff. <laughs> in the end, they got super frustrated and said, I put, I put, I put a finger to my ear where the earpiece was, and I'm working, mate. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Which is the worst thing to do. If Nick of Nick of Pete is in here, like uh, instant fail. Anyway, fuck off. He's fucked off. Oh god, I just, I sh- I'm failing myself on that one. I feel myself. Like, hey, when, yeah. when I first started, I, I followed someone into the supermarket. I was like, right, I've got to look natural. So I've got a basket. It's like, right, stop putting food in the basket. Like, Broccoli. Till the rice. <laughs> Spices. <laughs> just fill it up, and then I'm like. I, I didn't have a balls to, to just put it down and walk out when I had to go. So I was like, put, put it for a till. Mm. And end up with a week's worth of shopping. You bought it, <laughs> did you? <laughs> I, I didn't want to just walk out and put it down. I was like, they might say something. Oh, that's, it's the art of... Uh, it's when you... I don't know if everyone realises it, I don't think you do. It's when you... There's a certain benefit to be had when you realise that if you... Regardless of what you're doing... If you look like you're meant to be doing it, yeah, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Um, I shoplifted once. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, God, I. Uh, it was deliberate, and I wasn't young. And it, it was it. It wasn't long ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a mate who was shopping, and he, he he's a he's Welsh from Ali's boy and uh he's a cracker and he he has this thing he's like oh he's he's got loads of money he doesn't need to do it but he has this thing he if he goes into shop he always has to get away with something right because because stick it to the man get away with something <laughs> and um he was saying uh he's saying if you go <laughs> one of the things he he do he's gonna he if he goes to like um uh he was gonna buy what you call it wallpaper mm. i'm burping now Excuse me. <laughs> He's going to buy wallpaper, and he said, "You're in the middle of wallpaper. You got a, like a hole. You got a tube in the middle. You can get stuff in there." And he said, "Like, mate, I got a screwdriver in there. I got a <laughs> I said, "I said, I was going to say his name." Though. I said, "Did you need that stuff?" He goes, "No, but it's not a point. I could get it." <laughs> so they scan the, the the wallpaper. He gets out, gets home, he gets all the stuff in the middle. <clears throat> and he goes, "The other thing is," <clears throat> he said. Keep stuff in the trolley, right? So whatever you want, keep it. Keep some of it in the trolley. And you put the other stuff on the, on the uh, on the conveyor belt, and then, and he can now he can do this. This guy you're on about, he can do this. What I'm going to say next? He said, just keep talking to the assistant. So you cook his head. That's expressive. You cook his head, and he can do this, right? Because if I'm going to name him Jamie, right? <laughs> <laughs> he knows who he is. Jamie, this he will he will all he just talk to you all day and he'll cook your fucking head. He cook he'll cook your head, and uh, he said just talk to him, just cook his head, ask him about his day. Ask him. so so all he's thinking is scan scan scan. Get rid of this guy. Like by cook your head, he just, he just means like conversation, mm. just asking questions. So what he's not thinking about is what's in your trolley that you're pushing through, <laughs> right? But just keep going on. Yeah, just talking, 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 all normal. So I just so I just in my head, <clears throat> and um. <laughs> It wasn't that recently, right? <laughs> and I was in, uh, I'm not going to in the shop because I'm knocking on my door. Uh, and I thought, I can have a go at this. Yeah, it's like, cook, cook his head. <laughs> I'm going to try and cook his head and I'll just look, you know, let's do, because I'm good at looking like things should that need, are supposed to be getting done and getting away with stuff. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'll, I'll try this. And I, I went through, and this thing I had anyway was a, a two-hand lift. I had it on the floor. It wouldn't go. It wouldn't fit in the trolley. <laughs> I showed sure the biggest thing in there, not 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 deliberately in the shop I was in. I had a bunch of stuff. I had like toiletries and that. 
on the top. And uh, I was talking to the guy. And um, I said, but I'm no good at cooking someone dead. <laughs> I can waffle on you. I can't do it in real life. I'm just talking. So, how are you day, mate? He's like, yeah, oh, yeah. And he wasn't talking to him anyway. And there was a queue behind me. And so this thing I had on the floor, I was having to shuffle through on my left foot. They could see it. They could see it. Everyone behind me, you could see it. If they were that inclined, look down, right? So um, I'm, sh- I'm sliding along the floor, trying not, look, trying not to look like the shopkeeper, like I'm sliding something through on the floor. Like, uh, I mean, the only reason I'm doing this is an exercise to me to see if I could do it. It's like, <laughs> I didn't want to nick it. I could afford it. So I'm sliding the thing in, uh, on the floor. And uh, and the guy goes, such and such amount, please. So I get, I get, my, uh, I get my wallet out. And I'm thinking, right, I've got to bend down to pick this up. So hopefully, I'm going to fire the money, I'm going to fire the card in, tap my pin in. He's going to then, as soon as I've paid and get receipt, he's going to then, just go, like they do on the checkouts, he's going to go <laughs> to the next, guy, next person that's scanning through, right? Yeah. He won't wait for me, he'll just, uh, yeah, you get your bags and fuck off, didn't you? So I put my card in, pin in, I'm starting to flap now. Because <laughs> I'm realising this guy ain't normal, right? I put my pin in. And I go, and I go, I go, thanks a lot, mate. He goes, do you want the seat? Yeah, receipt, please. Thanks a lot, mate. And he doesn't start looking at the other thing. He <laughs> sits there, right? And he's waiting for me to get my bag, get the carrier bag, and literally leave the vicinity of the thing, which isn't normal. That's not normal. <laughs> I'm <Being diligent. laughs> Yeah. There was like a little pause. And I thought, okay. All right, thanks, bud. And I bent down. <laughs> I had the carrier bag over my elbow and slid it down. I bent, it was on my toilet juice, I bent down and I picked up the under-sink cabinet, which was flat-packed. <laughs> it was massive! Under-sink cabinet. Cheers, buddy. I put it under my arm and walked out in front of him. In front of him, I walked out this thing. I didn't, I didn't pay for it. I'm like, <laughs> but because I didn't look guilty. <laughs> It's just like why, one of those why, things. Why, 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 why did you <laughs> didn't that? it. I have my walk out the door. I think about. I think any minute now. Any minute now, that alarm's gonna go. <laughs> what, what made you yeah. choose the under sink cabinet? I needed one. <laughs> <laughs> I needed one. Was it, everything else would have been easy, like toothpaste in the back pocket. What else? Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, I got the under sink cabinet. Sorry, kids, I shoplifted. <laughs> yeah, Jamie's fault. That is flipping Jamie's fault. Yeah, I won't. I won't, I won't ever do that again. Yeah. But it's true, isn't it? You, you, you yeah, look yeah. like you meant to do something. You you won't look out of place. Yeah. And, and that's the art. And you're, you, you find that you sit on pot for 10 hours and you get a cut into which is... You sit on what, sorry? Sit on pot on, 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 on a job. Yeah. You know, you've got a team, you've got a guy in the back of a van somewhere looking at, uh, at a target <laughs> house. You've got guys sitting in the surrounding streets ready for a pickup. You know, you, you're not you're not out, out of sight. You're sat there and you, you'll get your, your curtain twitches and... Yeah, kind of grannies walking, that, walking past and uh, having a look. And what yeah. are you doing here? What's the longest you've been in the van for? In the back of the van, eighteen hours. Jesus. Yeah. What, that, awake the whole time. That that was the Astro. So that was all right. I, I had a Ford Fiesta van, which uh, when you're six foot three, is a bit of a squeeze <laughs> in the back. <laughs> that that in, in the back of the Fiesta is probably twelve hours. But what was it? What were you? What you ambiguously answered this. What What was the eighteen hour task? Just watching a door, seeing who was coming and going, oh my waiting, God. For, waiting for somebody. Was that early days on your own? No, uh, I, I was on my own at the time because we just needed to see who was coming and going. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's it. That's it. Yes, that was, that was a stank of piss in that. In the bucket yes. How did you do number two? <laughs> <laughs> Snap, snaps, snaps, all and baby wipes. 
you could have a little hatch in the bottom, just pull it <laughs> and just, just just curl it out straight yeah. onto the road. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I've only I've only ever done it twice. It's got to be dire straits. Oh my god! If you're in there, that's that's a day written off. You know? <laughs> it takes days to get rid of that smell. <laughs> um, the guy you've just brought on, Simon. Mm. How did you? How did he? How did, you said you 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 identified to come you mm. before the course. Yeah, how so did that come about? He's ex ex Coldstream guard. Um, and he's a friend at, or associate, a business partner. Oh, okay. Um, was looking for a new career, so you know, we 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 knew enough about him to be able to kind of take yeah, the, yeah. take the, the the leap of going from a, a company employing subcontractors to actually have, having employees. Are you open to pe- addition advice out to people or guidance or we want to get in the industry? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I say yes. You, know, you you get a lot of a lot of emails saying I need a job, can I have a job, <laughs> or you, or you get people that like. I'm really interested in becoming a private investigator. Um, how, how do I do it? Like, well, investigate it, and you—that's a good start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, you know, when, when you're approaching the right way, definitely. You know, What's the right way? Just having a bit about yourself. You know, not mm-hmm. not just have a job, mate. Yeah, it's a difficult yeah. one, isn't it? It's a, uh, <clears throat> um, there are a very small amount of people in the in in, in a very small proportion of people, I think, e- even from the ex-military side, that uh, that that you that that you would could reach out to. If you reached out to hundred people, let's mm. say you reached out to hundred people and said, uh, oh, "Mate, just got out, <laughs> just got out. I'm looking for work. Have you got anything going?" You know, let's say security. Yeah. Of that hundred people, probably two of those. If that are in a position they can go uh, actually assign a job, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. you know, there and then, not even two, not even yeah. two of them. It usually starts out, oh, mate, how's a family? <laughs> and then it's like, any, any jobs going? <laughs> you haven't spoken to a bloke well, in 10 it, years. <laughs> the trick is laying the foundation early, isn't it? Yeah. I, 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 um, I, I think I started messaging people before before I left, um, before, before I got out six months before. I thought, do you know what? I was going to say, I don't know where. Why I decided doing that, where I got the advice from it, it pr- in all honesty, it was probably Nick. Mm. It was probably Nick and BT. Um, but I started, or I started doing it. I started talking to people I hadn't spoken to or mm. seen for two or three years. But it, uh, it was because in six months' time, I knew I was going to want a job. So six months before, it's like, how's it going, bud? I haven't seen you in a while, and it, that that open mm. because I wanted to engage in a conversation yeah. for the next six months yeah, yeah. and build up the rapport, you know, and, no, and learn from them. And then I've got six, and then six months on the line, I've got a, an, an expansive the network yeah. where I can go. Oh, by the way, I'm now I know available to hear of anything. Just yeah. let us know. Oh, absolutely, but that's, it's commitment on that. People, yeah, you know, it's it's, um, it's commitment to do that. It's, it's not easy for everyone. No. It's it's, it's difficult. In fact, difficult for most. I'd say mm. difficult most to understand that. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. It's no. it's just because it's it's not a natural thing. To be able to understand or do a commercial, well, one is that understanding of how, where, and who mm. can, how and where you can get jobs and who can give jobs, mm. um, and what you need to get a job, and by, by not, not by what you need in qualifications, but everything else. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like you're saying, um, 
have a bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot to be every job I've every job I've got so far has been after 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 I left CP mm. has been down to I've been underqualified for underexperienced for this is what they were, they were mm. asking underqualified under and underexperienced did not have the qualifications they wanted didn't have the experience they wanted but it was it was the the first the, art, the first part was getting my foot my getting my foot in the door in terms of getting getting in front of an interviewee mm. or getting comms as in interpersonal mm. on the phone or in person to one of the people involved in recruitment that's investigation side of things yeah. which I've mentioned before yeah. you know it's like uh, e- 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 send a CV off is fine to a job there's 200 other fucking CVs what makes you different yeah. you be the person that's spoken to the recruiter on the phone yeah. or the project manager the job is for yeah. or this that and the other and that's again if the, if the company is I don't know uh CRG, hmm. you know, control risks. What is it? Control risk group dot com. Let's say hmm. it's that. I don't think it is that. You know, and and the, and the, the uh, and uh, all of you know, you find a recruiter on there, or you the way they name the the, the email format is um, last name, then the first name, or the job titles. It, it, you're yeah. pretty easily going to find a person yeah. who's in yeah. recruitment or in the project. You know, and then you pick up the phone, go all right. Da, 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 da. I, I think you get a lot farther. When when you you have a conversation, yeah. right, rather than just a, an email with, with two lines and no subjects, and yeah, you know, straight because away. The like, likelihood is that you phone up. So this is, the, the, so you can say you, what you're not doing. What you're not doing. I, I, I'm just going to expand on something I said before, and you, I think you you'll agree with it. Given you know the conversation we had today, is that you, you're not. I've sent my CV off to a company, and I managed to get the recruiters details, or I get you know, or um. I said DLs. I got their email address. Mm. I got a phone number. Or, or I ring the fucking company main office and go, I don't say hello. I'm looking at the, looking at the, the recruitment office. I get the na- name of one of the recruiters and I go, Hi, I'm after um, John Smith, mm. please. John Smith, which uh, recruitment? Okay. Um, is it relation to anything? Uh, yeah, I uh, dropped an email, email earlier. He's expecting a call. Right. But I get the phone. What, what John Smith is not going to do to me is say, this is what he is going to say to me. Yeah, we're going through the CVs, and um, yeah, we'll we'll be in touch in due course. For example, but I've had that conversation with John, mm. and I was very personable, and I spoke very clearly, and I sounded like a pleasant individual on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. I've I've got ahead of the game on all the other CVs. You know, all the other CVs are equal to mine in, in qualifications, experience, mm. and all all the, all the jobs I've had, I've got is getting my foot in the door. Get on, I got in front of the interviewer, and then I was just confident. As we're talking yeah. about now, if you if you speak like <laughs> or you act like you, you know you, you're comfortable in what you're doing and you're meant to be there, mm. it fucking carries a lot of weight. And we as ex-military have it. We've mm. got it. Yeah, We've got it. Absolutely. It's just people get um, nervous in front of civvies. You know, they get uh, not in front of civvies. Right? In front, you know, when they're looking for a job and they get a lot of pressure on them yeah. and they forget. Hang on a minute, I'm a fucking animal. Yeah. I'm really good at what I do. I'm really good. At, I, I, you give else. me, yeah, exactly. You give me a project, I will fucking nail it. You give me a task, I will nail it. That's what I do. I'll do it straight away. Yeah. You know, it's almost take. You know, there's interviews. It's almost not thinking of it like it's an interview, but I think it's like a a chat. Yeah, it takes yeah. the pressure off a chat because even if you come out and you don't get the job, you've, you've learned something from it. Mm. You know, um, yeah. 
So it's, it's, you've got to set you've got to set yourself apart. You've got to set yourself apart. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to do if you if you know you know if you if, if you just if you view it that way. Mm. That personal touch yeah. every time, every time, yeah. makes a massive difference. And, and you know the, the understanding that what what you're necessarily thinking isn't what everyone else is thinking. You know, I think when it, when I first started the, the business side of things and going to meet clients at certain companies, and you're like. Should I be sitting here? But you, you know, you, you go in and you you give a spiel and and you you, know, you act like you know what you're talking about and you come across <laughs> confident. And like, oh, yeah. right, okay, yeah, yeah. great. And, and all of a sudden, you, you've got a job. You got you know contracting. You're like, oh, that was all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they? Uh, do you have when you're when you go on the contract? Is it quite often that they'll be speaking to you and two or three other um, yeah. companies? Yeah. yeah. And just go. Of time. But, but most, will it, most of the time, it come down to money, cost. No, not always. Not always. Um, for for me, I, I try and be as honest as I can uh, about you know the the requirements and, and the reality of a job. You know, um, I, I, I won't. <clears throat> I, I I give them an honest opinion of, of what we can do, and what's likely to be the outcome. And you know, if if there are budget issues, it's like well. We we can work to that, but there's this 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 and this problem, and, and you know in, in the industry, um, whether you're employing people, subcontractor or or getting contracts, saying integrity is a, integrity is a massive part of things, mm-hmm. because you know as soon as that's gone, you, your your name is is dirt, mm-hmm. whether you you're missing stuff out intentionally on a report or you know having a compromise and not telling people, um, you know it, it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. We gotta start wrapping it up. Um, All Scene Surveillance is mm-hmm. your company, yes. right? AllScenesurveillance dot com. Yes. Yeah. Uh, are you on social media? Not, not really. For no. something I should. Do you do. not like? Do you not do like a live stream when you're following a target? <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, I thought, I thought about it for a split second once. I was like, "That's, that's a good idea." No, it's check, check, <laughs> checking in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, yeah. The, the social media is right there, but it's, it's not something that we kind yeah. of concentrate on because I'm lazy with that with that side of things. So all scenes all scenes yes, yeah. and people. Are you happy for people to get in t- military guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Advice and stuff absolutely. like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, the, the the plan is to to expand over the coming years uh, and employ more guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, glad the company's doing well. They're gl- glad the company's doing really well. Um, and like I said, Nick and BT speak behind Livia. And, uh, mate, great chat, great Thank chat. You. And anything I can do to help you in the future, let us know. Awesome. Thank you. Superb. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Dave. And for the beers. <laughs> <laughs>
And lastly, Team Rubicon. TeamRubiconUK.org. A disaster response charity that respond to disasters all over the world to help those most in need. And they do it predominantly through volunteers, who the large majority of which are ex-military, and see this as a way of transitioning or assisting transition from Civvy Street into not from Civvy Street into, from the military into Civvy Street. So if you want to find out more about Team Rubicon, teamrubiconuk.org. An awesome organisation. I had the pleasure of meeting the UK, the UK's uh, version of, not version, the UK branch of uh, Team Rubicon on the podcast last week. 29 Richard Sharp, an amazing guy, amazing organisation. That is it for our sponsors. Thank you all very much. Leave us link on the 20th of November, 6.30pm. Officers Club in Colchester. Until next time, out.